Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from RNZ Sport. I'm Matt Chatterton. In the program this week, we catch up with a tired but thrilled Sonny Bill Williams to talk about his sevens debut. We talk to all-black flanker Jerome Kano about the challenges he faces in helping lift the Blues out of the Super Rugby doldrums. We speak to the Phoenix captain Andrew Durante, who maintains the struggling side can still make the playoffs despite going winless in the last eight games. And we speak to the Buller cricket captain after the province made history by claiming the prestigious Hawke Cup for the very first time. The New Zealand Rugby Sevens team appears to be back on track in the World Series after defending their Wellington title last weekend. The All Black Sevens entered the tournament in seventh place, but the win lifted them to third entering Sydney this weekend. The stadium was only half full, which was disappointing, as they'd obviously hoped the inclusion of Sonny Bill Williams may have sold a few more tickets. It was a mixed debut for Williams, who did some very good things, but also made a few mistakes. It was a dramatic final in Wellington, with New Zealand grabbing the win after the final hooter. SBW spoke to the media after the event and says he hadn't been in many finishes like that. No, I haven't been in um, such dr- dramatic games in the short space of time ever, I don't think. But uh, I guess that's sevens. You know, just really happy for the boys. Uh, they trained hard all week and you know, it's been a tough weekend. But just glad for the boys that we got the win. Gordon, I think, said last night that uh, he didn't know if you were going to win, but you were never going to give up. Was there a stage there where you thought, oh, they might have just got a bit far from us? No, well, um, looking up when we scored the second to last try, there was still a couple of minutes left, and just going off the weekend, um, watching a few games, you know, these teams have been behind by, you know, 20 points and still come back with two minutes to go. So I um, always had faith in the boys uh, and just really happy for them. Does that give you a good taste for more then, does it? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, um, I've i never played sevens before. You know, I only watched a bit of it. But, you know, after this weekend, um, definitely, definitely a little fire inside myself because, you know, I know um, I've, I've got a lot to learn. But, you know, it's really exciting because I feel like a little kid again, you know, and um, to be able to learn off some of the best uh, is um, really exciting as well, so... I uh, just take this as a massive learning experience and just happy happy for the boys. Um, now they can eat a bit of junk food too after that win. So. What are the key lessons you learned about playing in a game of sevens? Um, firstly on defence, just uh, having to hold my own space, um, not over-chasing. Uh, I guess on attack, you know, one mistake can lead to a try or it can be a game-changer as well. So I've learned that um, over the course of this weekend. But overall happy with, uh, you know, how I've gone. I know I've got... Um, I know I'm still a rookie in this game, but that's the exciting thing because it's lit a fire inside of me that I know that um, I won't be able to put out uh, anytime soon and I uh, just want to train hard and keep learning off these guys. 
you starting to feel comfortable by the end of the, the last game? You know, starting to feel like it was becoming a little bit instinctive? Yeah, I guess so. Um, a lot more so on defence. Uh, you know, the first game I started, I was just chasing everything and I blew myself out. So that was... Uh, I, I quickly learned to, you know, um, relax out there and just hold my own space and let the ball come back to me. Um, obviously on attack, you know, that comes pretty natural to most players. I think the thing that I, I need to learn uh, more so is that those 50-50 passes can go either way, as we seen last night with that uh, game against South Africa and today. So I'm just glad that I've been able to come this far in short, this short amount of time. But I know I've got a lot more to go, a lot, long way to, ahead of me, ahead of myself, and um, that's why. Uh, hence the reason I'm a seven, full-time sevens player this year because obviously to make that uh, squad at the end of the year is, is not going to be an easy feat. Um, there's some talented, talented players, and uh, you know I, I just got to you know keep training hard and, and keep learning. After those South African games, mate, is it about limiting those 50-50 passes or just picking your moments? Yeah, oh, that that'll come. I think um, you know that's always been with me throughout my career. So I know that's something special that I can create. And I know I just got to keep working on it, you know, and uh, that just goes with uh, learning who's around me and vice versa. So I know that I will get better and I'm really pleased with how I went this weekend, to tell you the truth. But um, the pleasing thing is being able to be in an environment where even though I'm a rookie, everyone wants to help you out. And, you know, we're obviously we're all fighting for positions, but we know at the end of the day um, we've got to push ourselves and, and, and push each other. And uh, I think that builds a bit of a bond that you can't break so you know I've got full confidence that I'll get better and uh, i just got to keep working hard. How'd your body find it? You know you play a game and you got three hours off and you play another game and three hours off. Yeah surprisingly pretty uh, really good to tell you the truth. Um, I've adapted to you know I think the, the amount of running in sevens compared to fifteens is probably about three times as much maybe even four times so big emphasis on, on recovery and I've had to up my game in that. Uh, and just being a professional 24-7. So, you know, last night I got back to the hotel and I set my alarm for about 4.30, I think, this morning just to get up and um, do some recovery. And then I got a couple of hour, a couple more hours sleep and then got up, had to go to the pool. But, um, you know, those little things I quite enjoy because, you know, all those little one percenters make, you know, help in the end. So, uh, and, you know, all the other boys are doing the same as well. So, yeah, it's been a great weekend. Sonny Williams and the New Zealand Seven side are in action in the Sydney League of the World Series this weekend, where they'll look to make it back-to-back titles. Jerome Kano has been back in Blues training since last month, after getting an extended holiday following the World Cup defence in England. Kano and his wife Diane welcomed their third child into the world in December, so the break was timely for the rugged loose Ford and his family. Now he's met all the new faces at the Blues at their new training ground at Alexandra Raceway in Auckland, and Kano told a media scrum that he's feeling refreshed and enthused to try transfer the World Cup success into Super Rugby and the Blues. I'm looking forward to it. I've had a good break. It's pretty good within the, within the camp. A lot of things have changed. A lot's new about our team. Got some new faces. We're in a new facility, new coach. So, um, yeah, everything's quite fresh and it's, um, it's good for me. A lot of new faces. Yeah. I think they said 19 new faces. So um, if you were to come back into a Blues environment, you wouldn't recognise a lot of 
faces that are going around, but um, you know those new guys have stepped up. A lot of them have um, a lot of leadership qualities, and they're um, you know they're fresh to our environment, which is good for us um, older guys. It's quite a huge year last year in the World Cup and everything that went with that. Has the break been one of the longest you've had for some time? Yeah, I thought it was quite uh, we were quite spoiled with that break, and um, which was good. There was a lot going on last year, and uh, it was a huge year for us. So to be able to have that long break with the families and and to take a step back from the game which was good. Jerome, I appreciate you haven't shelved your All Black duties by any means or your aspirations there, but given what you've achieved in your career, the Blues sit as the one area where you haven't had a lot of success. I guess that's probably quite heightened for you at the moment, coming in as a second-time World Cup winner. Yeah, it is. You know, you get all that success with the All Black environment and you really want to bottle that up and, and bring it with, uh, to the Blues and help out our franchise. So, um, you know, that's definitely at the top of my list to be able to get success in, in our franchise and in our club. So, um, yeah, definitely a huge focus for me. I think you're a new dad in December, and then you've joined sort of back fairly early. Was it a bit of a, a reach to sort of come back to work, or were you quite happy to do so? No, I was quite happy. You know, little fella, he just hugs his mum at the moment. Um, I'm like tits on a ball at the moment. He doesn't, you know, every time he comes to me, he cries. So, um, you know, all he's doing is feeding and sleeping. Um, you know, but he's, he's good. He's good with sleep. And um, the break came at a really good time for us to be able to uh, have the birth of our child and then to be able to have about four or so weeks after that to be able to be home and help out. So you, you were told to go back to work, were you? <laughs> no, a bit of that, and also I wanted to go back a bit. But um, yeah, no, it was, um, I had a good break with the family, and by the time it was time for me to come back, I was ready to, to, to come back in. I mean, you've obviously played a number of Blues teams, and you've seen a number of world-class players come through this franchise. Now that you've been here for a few weeks and you've seen what you've got, what's your honest assessment on the, on the talent pool that you've got around you at the moment? I think we've got a lot of... Um, a lot of talent, a lot of potential. You know, we've got some really good old heads coming in, Malisau, you know, Tanido Latima. But then we've also got some good prospects, you know, uh, young prospects coming through, like the Ioane brothers, you know, Matt Duffy, you know, a lot of other younger players coming through. And you know, I think for us older players, it's our duty and our job to be able to nurture them and you know, give them the right environment to be able to express themselves and put out their best out on the field. So, um, you know, from what I've seen, there's a lot of talent for us to play with and we've just got to make sure we do it right. What's it like having Rennie back? <clears throat> yeah, he's Rennie's Rennie. Yeah, he's still loud. Yeah, he's the, he's the clown of the team. But it's good good to have him back. He's he's got a lot of experience, and um, you know, he, you see that within our trainings. You know, he's always talking to the to the players, to the boys, of what he wants and what we what we need, and and that's that's been gold for us. So um, you know, it's great to have him back and on the field and off the field. You talked about the new facility before. Do you think that should make much of a difference into maybe increasing results this year? Oh, we hope so. Yeah, we've been at Unitec. We were at Unitec for 12 or so years, and that was getting a bit tired. So, um, yeah, this is this is different for us, you know, to have everyone at one place at one time and, um, you know, to have a new training facility, new training field, and hopefully it all adds up and adds to our culture. So, um, you know, hopefully if it adds a little bit, then... And that'll be good, but you know it's, it's just great to be here at our new facility. Those one percent is they like all add up. Yeah, everything adds up, you know. And a big part that we've uh, focused on this year is our team culture and um, you know that, this facility and us all being together throughout the whole day adds to that, and hopefully it adds to our, our results on the field. Kano's All Blacks teammate Victor Vito this week announced he's heading to France later this year, saying the time is right. The 28-year-old Luce Ford has played 33 tests for New Zealand since making his debut in 2010. 
and he was also involved in both World Cup wins in 2011 and just last year. Vito has played 84 games for the Hurricanes and will head to La Rochelle in France after this year's Super Rugby season. Uh, just as good a time as any really in terms of, uh, especially off the back of last year's uh, successful World Cup campaign with the All Blacks. Um, you know, just I think um, then the offer that came in as well from La Rochelle I thought was just um, a good time for me and my family to start thinking about um, putting some steps towards uh, securing a better financial future I guess. Yeah. It's a um, pretty hard decision to be honest. Um, speaking to Steve himself and actually having a, had to talk to him and tell him that I was going to do it was, um, was probably the, a phone call that I put off for, probably for about three or four weeks. Um, even though I sort of had a feeling I was going to do it, I still didn't sign because um, I just wanted to see if I still wanted it, still wanted it, and I did want it, but I just thought this opportunity was probably too much to miss out on. What was the clincher? Um, I think just a new experience, and especially once we'd, um, once we'd uh, finished the World Cup last year and I saw guys like, um, I guess, Dan and Richie and a lot of guys like Mark, Conrad, all those guys heading off, um, I just thought, you know, I'm an old head now at this, at this base, and a lot of those guys are my idols, and when they headed off, it's um, passion's still here, but it also reminds you that there's... Um, there's, some, there's life after footy in terms of uh, making sure that I can still play the game. How did Shag take it? Uh, Shag took it all right, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, he's always um, pretty keen to keep uh, his talent in New Zealand, but, um, you know, as, as, as we well know, there's always someone uh, waiting in the wings to, to, to make the next, uh, next, next All Black jersey, so I think he took it all right. How do you reflect back on your time with the ABs, especially then? Yeah, I think um, the last couple of years I've probably been more happy with uh, my form and, you know, I've had a bit of a topsy-turvy ride with it and probably wasn't ready till about 2014, you know, mentally to get into the space that I needed to and luckily, you know, Steve and the coaches persevered and, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how I left it last year and, and it's probably why now I'd rather leave on my terms rather than, um, you know, it's it's a tough old game over here in New Zealand as it should be because, uh, you know, we've got the best team in the world and I just thought it's a good opportunity and it's just all the timings aligned. Do you now know why it took you so long? Uh, yeah, I think it was just, if anything, uh, I wouldn't take that experience back, um, you know, getting uh, dropped out of that team or twice. Uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. I think it's taught me a lot about just, you know, getting that mental edge and seeing if I really wanted it, and I, and I did, and I do. But uh, at this at this stage of my career, I think it's good. It's a good opportunity to go overseas. Victor, what do you know about La Rochelle and the way they play? Oh, I think well, I think they're very typical of the French style. I think they're quite. Nah, I've seen some tries from a couple of seasons back with Sirelli Bobos going the length of the length of the field. Another old Hurricanes boy. So, I like the way that they play, and I think the city itself looks uh, quite similar to Wellington. And the colours obviously are black and yellow, so I won't be changing any any colour strip. Victor Vito. And you're listening to Extra Time, a web-only podcast by RNZ Sport. The slumping Wellington Phoenix maintained the A-League football playoffs are still within reach despite having dropped to 8th in the competition. The Phoenix are winless in their past 8 matches, stretching back to early December and desperately need a win over 7th placed Perth on Sunday when they return to Westpac Stadium in Wellington. Despite creating plenty of chances, the goals are hard to come by for the Phoenix and coach Ernie Merrick and his players have had an honesty session ahead of this week's encounter. On a brighter note, Captain Andrew Durante returns after a one-week suspension and he told sports editor Stephen Hewson, sitting on the sidelines and watching his side lose 3-1 to bottom-of-the-table Central Coast in Christchurch last round wasn't an enjoyable experience. Having to watch last week was, was difficult. I don't like watching games, but um, yeah, back this week and, and hopefully I can make an improvement to the, to the team. Sitting on the sideline, did you get any particular insight as to what's been going wrong? Oh look, I thought 
I thought the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought, oh, we're going to, you know, without doubt win this game. We were playing really well. We were pressing them high. The fullbacks were overlapping really well. And I thought, you know, we're, we're up for it today. And, you know, again, a, a mistake at the back and it's, and it's um, cost us. Um, and then after that, it's just a flow-on effect. The second goal goes in and the third one, I thought it was offside. Like the, the whole thing was a bit of a shambles, but I mean, the damage was kind of already done. But we've done some, you know, a lot of video over the last two days and, and, and had a lot of truths in there. There was a really good meeting yesterday about how we need to improve. And, um, you know, I think as, as a squad, you know, we, we need to improve all over the park. And, and we've worked really hard over the last two days to, to fix things that we think are going wrong. Ernie was talking about that video session and, and the number of chances again that you missed. How frustrating does it get sitting at the back generally and, and seeing those chances go big? Yeah, it's it's frustrating. But in saying that, you know, I, I don't like to blame just the, the front guys for these losses. I mean, we're conceding three goals over the last three weeks. You can't just blame the front guys. You know, we've got to take a lot of rap, and, and that's what I said. There was a lot of honesty in the room the other day, and you know, I, I've been at fault. Um, senior boys have been at fault, and you can't just blame any one player um, so it, we've worked like I said we've worked on quite a lot of things over the last two days in, in how we can be mentally stronger and, and how we can you know kind of dominate games uh, more than we have been is it getting tense amongst each other no oh look no one wants to be where we are at the moment and no one wants to be in this rut so yeah there's a there's a few angry people but anger when I say that I mean it in the right way and making sure everyone's accountable for their mistakes making sure that people are really loud on the field and vocal and organizing people and you know we kind of need a few more leaders out there on the field instead of just one or two guys always barking the instructions we want the young boys we want um, everyone involved and in, in making sure we're, we're pushing each other we need to continually push each other at training. Perth this week they're on a, a bit of a run and they've been on a, a bit of a buying spree too um, your thoughts on them? Yeah, good team. They've they've come into a, a lot of form over the last you know four or five weeks. They've I think they beat Melbourne last week um, and, and played some good stuff. So huge challenge for us. But finally we get to be back at Westpac, something that we haven't had a lot of this season. And you know not using a lot of excuses, but we'd love playing at home and and we wish there were more games at home. Uh, so you know we've we've spoken about it. So let's make sure we make the most of it now. We want we want to be back home. We are, and um, we've got to put on a, a good performance and. Not just so much the performance, but points. We, we need points. If it's a scrappy win, I'll take that as well. You're not giving up on the playoffs? No, absolutely not. I mean, you, if you start thinking you're out of the playoffs, then you might as well go home and, and pack up now. We, we believe that we can be there. We have the squad to be there. I mean, look at the players we've got around. You know, we're, we're, we're better than the teams we're losing to, but yet we're not winning the game. So, you know, there's a huge belief that, um, you know, if we get the work rate right, um, you know, the quality will come through eventually. Andrew Durante speaking to Stephen Hewson. Injured black cat paceman Mitchell McLennigan is on the road to recovery following surgery last week on his fractured eye socket. McLennigan took a bouncer to the face in the black cat's first ODI against Pakistan last week, which put the 29-year-old on the deck. The knock came right before McLennigan was named in the black cat squad to play in next month's 2020 World Cup in India. But as McLennigan revealed to the media, the injury could have been a lot worse putting not only his spot in the World Cup squad in jeopardy, but his entire cricket career. It went uh, very, very close to um, going into my brain. Um, had fr- fragments in the sinus cavity, um, so the two plates were put in place to uh, reinforce um, the orbital bone, and, um, and then they took a few fragments out, which they couldn't um, fix to the, 
to the um, plates. What are we talking recovery time, Mitch, and, and how will it affect your training heading towards World, uh, World T20? Yeah, um, so um, I've got the all clear. Oh, I'm going in to just um, see a specialist tomorrow um, and set a plan in place. Um, also, from what I've uh, had a, a meeting with the surgeon yesterday, um, he's pretty happy for me to start doing some light exercise in a couple of days um, and progressing to bowling within a week. Yeah, I mean that's an obviously um, something that's been thrown around at, at the moment. Um, I think in terms of protection, um, making sure the same kind of thing doesn't happen again. Um, you know, I'll be looking to try and make sure I get a, a helmet that, that fits properly and, and the same thing can't happen again. Do you expect to have second thoughts about just getting back into the net, getting back into the batter's crease? Nah, I don't. Um, I'm not overly bothered about that. Um, when it comes to, to batting, the boys will tell you that um, they are pretty confident when it comes to throwing the willow around, and 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 I love it, and and I love um, taking the attack, uh, the attack to the guys who have bowled in the past. So I'm looking forward to the challenge. I know it's um, it's going to be hard. Um, you know, the brain works in funny ways in terms of um, uh, letting you do these kind of things. Um, but I'm pretty confident that I'll be able to overcome them. With the helmet, Mitch, would you like to see New Zealand cricket get rid of all the old helmets and replace them with the standard uh, new improved ones? I, they do strong. They do recommend that you do. Um, they give you the option to, and they do strongly re recommend that you do use the new helmets. Um, for me, it was coming down to it, like a, being able to see the ball. Um, I felt in more danger when they came in of just not being able to see through the gap with limited time to get used to it. So um, for me, it was being able to see the ball. I felt more confident of being able to evade it or hit the ball so you know that's a that's a choice that um, I personally made um, and it's something I'm probably going to have to uh, re or I am going to reassess and um, make sure I look after myself going forward. I guess one of the frustrating things is that your batting has come on a lot and you were feeling confident enough you're attacking the bowling and this suddenly happens and I guess it's it's just a un very really unfortunate timing from that perspective. Yeah um, I was a gun-opening batsman at school, so <laughs> that was, uh, uh, yeah, so it's probably come on in terms of, yeah, I guess in terms of where I'm at now and, and getting used to the international scene. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with um, the staff with New Zealand Cricket and they, they really do try and make sure that, um, A, that we can protect ourselves because um, we're going to get a lot of short pitch bowling um, and, B, that we can score and, and contribute to, to winning performances. So, um I can't see I can't see myself changing kind of mm. um, confidence-wise, and I'll always be going out there to try and contribute to a win. I guess the the one thing you you won't know until it happens is the next time somebody comes in and gives you another short, fast one to see how you kind of react to it in all ways. Until that happens, I guess you don't really know how you're gonna you're gonna cope with them in the future. Yeah, um, it's, to be honest. Um, I always laugh, laugh to the guys at, at China. It's like, if you want to get me out, just bowl full and straight because I can't see the full ones. So, so if you want to knock me over, just bowl full and straight and I'm going to play straight around one. So it's the it's short stuff which you can generally get out of the way um, if you're looking to defend or um, evade. Um, that's not a problem um, in terms of that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, in terms of strategy, whether you're going out there to try and hurt me again or you're trying to get my wicket, 
you know, what's more important to winning the game? I suppose you could look at a guy like Matt Henry, Mitch, and uh, you know, keeping the standard incredibly high last night with Trent as well, ripping through the Aussies. Uh, I suppose that's a, a reminder for you as you recover of just the, this, you know, the standard you've got to come back to. Oh, of course, um, and I will never let my standard slip when it comes to preparing um, and been in the best possible shape and condition to, to getting out on the field and performing for my country and, and that's why we all drive together, we drive that as a unit and, and we put each other in line um, if someone's stepping out of line when it comes to um, preparing to play a game for New Zealand there's so much competition around now that um, one little slip up and, and you'll be gone Sticking with cricket but at a more eye level in the 106 year history of the competition Bull are the holders of the Hawke Cup the Hawke Cup is played for by minor cricket associations and last weekend Buller beat holders Canterbury Country to lift the trophy for the very first time. It's not bad for a province that has just a handful of senior players. Barry Guy spoke to the Buller captain Troy Scanlon about the win. In historic terms this was, this was actually only our first ever challenge so, so um, that was a, a, an amazing feat in itself and we were pretty happy just to get the opportunity to challenge for the Hawke Cup and and then to actually win it was, um, well, that was sort of what dreams are made of, really, to be honest. We, um, we sort of dreamed, and uh, it all ended up happening on Sunday afternoon. What's the depth like in, in Buller cricket? Yes, we've got four club teams, probably about 23 to 25 adult players most weekends. Um, out of those four club teams, there's a high school side. So it's, um, I run one of the club teams myself, and, uh, you know, we struggle um, on a weekly basis to get, you know, the 11 out in the field, but each week we manage to do it, and... And you know, and, and, and all, all those other three senior sides, excluding the secondary schools, high school boys side, there's always um, other you know junior players playing in those sides as well. So, you know, the, it's, it, it, it is tough, but um, but we do a good job, and the association are very proactive at you know getting cricket for the younger players as well. So, it's all about getting that pathway through the younger underage sides and and pushing that into the senior competition. Uh, not many to choose. From, but the ones that you have chosen are obviously good and the playing conditions locally are good too to, to produce top players. Yeah, so we, we play an artificial wicket, so um, obviously the, the weather and also the manpower doesn't allow us to produce, produce grass wickets. So, so that's a bit of a hindrance and it's created a talking point because um, there's never been a, a defence played on an artificial wicket, but New Zealand cricket have given that the all clear. So we're going to be on a, an artificial wicket in uh, two weekends' time to defend that against uh, North Otago and, and look, our, our team is, um, you know, we, we, we punch above our weight, we're, we're, we enjoy our cricket, we're a good good you know good bunch of lads, everyone enjoys each other's company and I think if you watch us play the game, I think anyone will see that, you know, we enjoy ourselves, so I think that's half the battle. Well, you're cup holders now, does this mean a whole new regime and there's... Uh training every night and all that sort of thing is there? No, we actually um, we actually talked about that after we actually got the, the opportunity to challenge for the Hawke Cup and we, we keep things the same really, we, we train we train once a week, we bump that up to twice a week just to, just to get a bit of continuity and, and get the guys together that extra night a week, but you know, all the guys you know, they've got busy lives, families you know, we're just amateurs at the end of the day and and uh, we're all about you know keeping the fun factor and, and enjoying ourselves, so Keep things pretty simple, mate. Um, but don't put too much pressure on the boys and just go out and enjoy it. I, I'm sort of trying to compare it. Buller now having the Hawke Cup to, say, something in the Ramfley Shield or, or something like that. It, it's it's a, historically quite an achievement. Yeah, well, I, I heard a bit of... The boys played a bit of Ian Smith was um, giving us a good plug on the cricket. 
the other day when Pakistan were playing New Zealand and um, he said that it was the equivalent of Poverty Bay winning the Ranfurly Shield. So so that sort of puts it in perspective for me. So um, so that's that's sort of where it's at. And, and you, know, the, you know, the town are getting behind us and, and pretty proud of us, I think. So um, And we're, we're proud to be um, representing the town. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, the boys enjoy playing for their province and, uh, you know, pretty passionate about their cricket. So... So hopefully in two weeks' time we can do them proud again and, and put up a good fight against North Otago. So, what do you say? Four senior clubs are they all uh, Westport teams? Are they or they are? Yep, yeah, all Westport based. Yep. So, um, so we've got uh, one boy that travels from uh, Caramere each weekend to play. Um, he plays for Old Boys, and another boy that travels from Greymouth each weekend to play. So, um, so yeah, they put in the big yards to get the club cricket, and uh, yeah, all the all the rest, you know. Local teams and it's it's uh, it's good, you know. All the guys get on. We we're pretty um, when it when it comes to a game of club cricket on a sad day, we not we're not playing for sheep stations. We uh, we've got a lot of young guys playing, and, and you know when they come out, you know if, if one of the quickies is on, or you know we've got someone that's maybe just a, a little bit too strong, we switch things up and and make sure that everything's kept pretty fair, and and uh, you know we look after each other, which is pretty good. Uh, so I'm assuming you'd like to hold on for for a while, hold on to the Hawke Cup for a while to you know help promote it and get the town a bit more behind it and a few more kids playing perhaps. Well, that's the plan. Yeah, I mean, um, hopefully this gives you know cricket a bit of an injection and and gets you know some some younger kids you know excited about it again. I think that was the great thing about the World Cup with the cricket in New Zealand last year with the Black Caps doing so well. It certainly gave cricket a big injection in the arm and and hopefully for us um, just locally it can do the same and. You know, we've got a great committee and they do a fantastic job. I think we've got about 15 guys on the committee and um, everyone does their thing and, and puts in a lot of hours. It's, it's a big effort to run a, a minor association and, and keep things flowing right from uh, you know your, your, your year five and sixes right through to your, your senior grades. So, um, so yeah, hopefully that's what we're planning to do. Hold on for it as long as we can. Buller Cricket Captain Troy Scanlon talking to Barry Guy. And that is extra time for this week. You can provide us feedback via Twitter at RNZ Sport or our emails sport at radioNZ.co.nz. I'm Matt Chatterton. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.